<laughs> Was that recent? Keep our country gate. Yeah. <laughs> burp, burp. <laughs> You can tell, man. Once he lo- he was out of office, he just lost that that little edge, you yeah. know. Yeah. And now public speaking events, it just sounds a little, a little more sad, a little more old. The N word. <laughs> Unless he's talking about that, right? Then, then he's, he's energized. Then he's hyped. <clears throat> um, we have to keep our country gate. <laughs> <laughs> What makes a good drop are the are the parts to it, right? right. It's got that first part, which is funny, and then the boop boop at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. That's good stuff. Okie dokie. Yep. Um. So let's let's get to it. Okay. I was thinking. I saw this the other week. Um. I was looking in the Nintendo. Eshop, looking mm. for a new game to play. Yep. <coughs> Which, when was the last time you've completed a game, start to finish? Death Store. Yeah. However long ago that was. A couple months. Yeah, I didn't think my question through. It has. I just restarted. started restarted Red Dead Redemption Two, which ah. I have to say. The controls in that game are criminally bad. Okay. It's just so incredibly clunky well, and un just not fun to to actually play the game. The game visually and like a, I guess acting performance-wise is so incredible mm-hmm. that y- you can get past it. But the act of actually playing the game is not fun. Well, you know all the reports of people like shooting their horses in the head <laughs> no right. but it totally makes sense they're, they're like trying to either get on or get off the horse right and they just yeah. blow its brains out i want to argue that rockstar did that on purpose they made them that There's way no way so that people would go around and punch their horse uh-huh. shoot their horse in the head and just for uh, the memes just for the memes the lulls nope I can't, I can't get there, but yeah, I've started playing that. Well, so hopefully that's the next game. I see. Yeah. I was looking for a game that I'm like, I want to play a game and complete it. Um, but I realized that like I did that with immortality death store. I did that with both dead spaces. Mm -hmm. So I've actually been on a good run, but I was, I don't know why I was feeling why was I feeling like I haven't completed a game in a while? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that speaks to a deeper depression that I'm in. But um, so I was looking for a game to play, and I heard about a game called Factorio, which is kind of like a management simulator game, but people really loved it. It was on PC, just got released on Switch, mm-hmm. and people were saying, like, the controls are actually good. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take a look at that. So I'm looking through the eShop, and I decided to look through the deals and the eShop has like a hundred over a hundred games in like the deal section all the time. Right. Um, and so I'm like scrolling through them and I find a leisure suit Larry game. 
on this in the eShop. In the eShop. Mm. Leisure Suit Larry, which I only remember from when we were kids. It being like It's the pervert game. A pervert game. Mm-hmm. A pervy game. But I also have never played a leisure shoot suit leisure shoot leisure suit Larry game. Mm-hmm. And number one, have you ever played one? No. Justin. <laughs> on. I've I've never played, but part of me now wanted to like look at it and be like, what is what is one of those games? Like I watched Gladiator with Indy the other day. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid being like, oh, there's be, uh, the beheading, I remember. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. Watching with it now, it's like Stranger Things is a hundred times more gory right. than yeah. Gladiator. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if Leisure Suit Larry oh, yeah. has the same type of deal where you look at it and it's, it's like... It's like quaint now. Yeah, they yeah. said penis. You right. have a large penis. Um, and then I was like, you know what? This is exactly the type of thing that someone would start a podcast over. <laughs> right. Like, join us as we play through all the Leisure Suit Larrys yeah. and talk about them, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I wanted to check in with you. Number one, do you think the gimmick podcast is dying off? Oh, no. I think, if anything, it's gaining steam. It's gaining steam. Yeah. And then what's your feeling on gimmick podcasts? Mm. Do you listen to any gimmick? Yeah, podcasts? I don't think I've ever even listened to one. TBH. I guess maybe uh, Finding Richard Simmons. Would you consider that a gimmick podcast? No, because that was like an, a quote-unquote investigation. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the closest I got. I think the stuff is where it's like, I'm going to watch, you know, Hubby Halloween every day. Right. It's Hubie, first of all. Whatever. But yeah, uh, the that's like the the podcast where we're going to watch what was the movie once a year, and then podcast and for like four hours about like once yeah, a year they release a the same movie podcast. once a year. Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, but then I guess so. Would you consider like here's an OG podcast? Was it called Watching the Directors? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think would I, you consider that a gimmick podcast? No, because that is like like for me a gimmick podcast is something that when you hear somebody doing it, you go like, you roll your eyes. You, yeah, why would you ever want to do that? Yeah. If I was like, hey Justin, I want to watch every Stanley Kubrick movie or every Coen Brothers movie, mm-hmm. I think you'd be like, okay, <laughs> like that sounds normal, like normal yeah. thing to do. Um, but yeah, if I was like, hey Justin, I want to do a podcast where every week I talk about you know, each minute of No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. I want to do a podcast minute by minute. Right. There is somebody that does a minute by minute movie breakdown podcast. Probably. Like every, 24 of podcasts. Yeah, every one is like an hour long. And again, I don't listen to these gimmick podcasts, but I feel my initial feeling is like, whatever you really want to talk about, just talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're... If you're dressing up like, I'm going to play through all the Leisure Suit Larry games. And then every podcast starts with like, so work is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here I read this article. And then you get to the Leisure Suit Larry part. Just do this podcast. Yeah. 
don't don't why do you feel the need to give people the gimmick what does the gimmick accomplish mm-hmm. the other thing is there's some podcasts that i listen to and some of the good ones people are always complaining about how hard it is to do a podcast mm-hmm. and i just wanted to say to anybody Struggling with a very successful podcast, <laughs> doing that for your career, you're very successful, but you're feeling the strain, and you're listening to this right now, podcasting is easy. Yeah. All right? If you get someone who comes to visit you, don't podcast that week. If you are mildly ill and not feeling well, don't podcast. Yeah. If you just need a break, take the break. Then come back, disappear, like we do. Yeah, totally. And uh, never explain it. Never explain it, <laughs> and uh, never have an end date. Yeah, to your to your podcast. Right. I was also thinking about this. On this feed, we have over a hundred. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like way over a hundred. Right, way over a hundred, and that's just on this feed. This feed doesn't include some of the. TV shows. Right. We yeah. Think. We had a couple TV pod separate TV podcasts too. Gimmick podcasts. Is would that be a gimmick? No, that's not a gimmick. Yeah, okay. I was just giving myself a hard time. Anyway, that's our new slogan. 146. Everything according to the thing. The podcast. Podcasting is easy. Yeah. Um sure. God, now this is going to, I opened up the podcast thing oh, on my go. computer and it's just, it's now I'm getting endless prompts to sign in. I don't want to sign in. Leave us a review. Um, okay. Do, do you think it's standard practice for people to review their own podcast? Like even like not put I don't any words in? I think just, you can. Oh, you can? I don't think so. I've tried leaving a review for our podcast. What'd you say? It doesn't show up. I don't know. Just some... Bullshit gibberish, like just to pump up our numbers a little bit. It doesn't Jesus. show up. Um. Yeah. Well, someone else do it. Someone else should should you leave a review that you want someone to to leave us? Should I do a five star review and just say podcasting is easy? I'm I'm telling you that's what I'm I tried posted. to do. I tried to do a five star review in some wordy review or something, and it doesn't show up. No, I'm calling it out to the listeners. No. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about really quick before our main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see you just getting more and more frustrated. I I went back to open it and put my password in and it's just not accept it's just nothing is working. It's not accepting my password. It's just is a nightmare. Um Do you know who that was? Barbarian? Mm-mm. What was that? That was from an arm brown video. Berber? Berber <laughs> Berber. Berber. Um I I listened to a very long article this week, which 
auto played autumn. I thought I'd, I'd have to like sign in or something. Mm-hmm. I open it up on the website. I hit play. It starts reading. Autumn is amazing. The fact that you can just like. You still use that or? No. That's what I'm saying. I don't. But it was I saw, just on the website? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I saw this article that I wanted to read. Someone was like, oh, this is really good. So I was like, oh, check this out. And um, I saw the autumn thing. I was like, oh, sweet. And I look at how long the autumn file is. An hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not reading this whole thing. Yeah. But I was like, I bet as soon as I hit play, it's going to do what you're, what you're going through. Sign in. Blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And um, it didn't. I hit play and it started reading it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. Now watch, I get charged five ninety nine on some. Yeah. I, I was yeah. accidentally signed in somewhere and just auto renewed me. Uh, but anyway, um, so I listened to this long article on the New Yorker about Oscar Farhadi, mm-hmm. and he's a director who what? got. Um, don't be <laughs> xenophobic. <laughs> he got. Uh, accused of stealing an idea for a movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his movies, I've seen a few. I haven't seen as many as I've wanted to, but a lot of his movies deal with like minor like lies or like small sins mm-hmm. and how those small sins or small lies like bear devastating fruit. And... Um, he gets accused of stealing an idea for his latest movie and it started this whole, you know, kind of uproar about like, did he do it? How could he do it? And he kind of makes films about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it happened in Iran where it like went to trial. So, so he's being accused by other Iranian filmmakers by a student, like a nobody student. Okay, he taught a class that she attended. Right, she did a documentary, and then he took the idea of the documentary, made his film, mm-hmm. never credited her or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then all of a sudden, all this groundswell of accusations have come out now, where people are like, "Yeah, that's what he does," you know. And then there are people like this actress who worked on one of his best. He's won two Oscars. Okay. Is that right? Two? Uh, no I, idea. Listen, I don't know. He, he, he's won a lot of prestigious awards. Or mm-hmm. maybe the Cannes Film Festival. He, he, he's won a lot. Anyway. Okey-dokey. Exactly. All these people come out and they're like, yeah, he stole our idea. This actress is, was like, oh, we, we knew that's what he does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then now there's a groundswell of accusations against him. And it just, to me, falls in line with all this recent spate of ongoing like celebrity accountings right you have james corden in the restaurant thing did you see that Mm -hmm. you have ellen Mm -hmm. long known to be an asshole Mm -hmm. then she gets really taken to you know to the mat and yeah everyone's like yeah she told she's been this way for decades right and then you have bill murray bill murray why can't these people change and I know that I know that that's the point. I know the point of being a bad person like that, or being 
narcissistic or egotistical or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know that's part of it is that you don't view yourself as being in the wrong or that you can't change. Right. Well, yeah. Right. And I think part of it too is something I think we've probably talked about before is how much of that goes hand in hand with like having a certain level of talent or, you know what I mean? Like becoming just being famous or wanting to be famous or being okay with being famous, like almost like lends itself to having those qualities right of being egotistical of like being able to just uh raise yourself above everybody else and consider your needs more important than everybody else's and you know what i mean blah 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 right but i you know on the one hand there's always that projection where it's like i don't know what it's like to be in that position Mm-hmm. But from the outside looking in, you're always like, listen, man, if I stumbled on, on like a room or a social media group where a bunch of people are like, he's an asshole. I, be- I want to believe that there'd be a part of me that's like, am I really? What what am I do- doing? Like, let me evaluate myself, you know? And then on the next level, if my livelihood was dependent on me not being an asshole, mm-hmm. You would think that I would wake up to it. You know what I mean? Right. Like James Corden, everybody's like, yeah, the dude's a total asshole jerk lunatic. And he just continues to be that. And then you're going to get found out. So is it worth it? You know what I mean? Wouldn't you do everything you could in your power to be like, I know that I'm like, I'm egotistical or whatever. Help mm-hmm. me. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. go to therapy? Wouldn't you do everything you could to not be that person? I mean, I get, I mean, but at the same time, you know, some, there are people who just act that way, who don't think what they're doing is wrong. You know what I mean? There are people who are, you know, obnoxious and abusive to, uh, the sir to service industry staff. And they don't see anything wrong with it. So it's not like they're having a moment of like, oh, I need to pull rein this in before I get found out. I just don't think anything of it at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just hard when it's like when you're out with friends that you know and someone does that and it gets a little awkward. Right. At the table, but you're like, to whatever. To not feel that. Yeah. yeah. To, to not mm-hmm. feel that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just... Every time something like this happens, I always think like at no point did this person ever think to themselves like, why am I like this? Mm-hmm. Why can't, why, why can't I just chill, relax, or mm-hmm. be a good boss or be a good person? Right. Like at no point they ever thought that even as like people are going out and like roasting them online or <laughs> like parroting them on SNL or mm-hmm. like whatever at no point you didn't say like yeah. has has uh has Corden addressed the any of that I stuff? don't know I think he went on his show and apologized mm-hmm. or something who cares but right you know like Corden to me is a is a perfect example it's like here's a guy who's like carpool karaoke like right uh and and then 
he's playing off of an image that he himself has to know is fake. But in order to fake it, that means that you know what the right thing to do would be. You know what I mean? Like that sure. to me is yeah. like, that's the trick of it. The trick is I'm a bad person who pretends to be good, mm-hmm. which means, oh, I know what good behavior looks like. But then in my personal life, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? It seems more calculated and like sinister. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, if, if a coworker was like, Keith, are you in a bad mood today? That would send me like into me like, <laughs> whoa, what are you picking up on? Hold on, let me think about it. What, uh-huh. How have I acted? How have I behaved? Like, yeah. you know? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we move on, mm-hmm. are you playing, do you play Damian Pierce against the Eagles? Tonight? Tonight. So I've already dominated you, right? That week is in the books. So I'm not I'm not hurting myself at all by giving you this. Right. I'm in for, for let me say this. You won last week. I conceded that before it even started because half my team was out, right? Wait, 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 wait. No excuses. I'm not giving you excuse. All I'm saying is I knew I was going to lose. As soon as the week started, I knew I was going to lose. Because you looked at my team, you saw the moves. That You've got I made. a great team. Thank you. Half my team was on by and I hey. had no one to pick up. I made and I made the and I made bad moves in pickups, okay? Lost that week. Freely admit it. Who's in first place? I don't know who is. I am. Oh. Okay. Been in first who's, place. Who's in second? Not you. You're what? in like fifth. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're not in second. I know that because I know for sure who's in second place. Okay, well. Um the league's broken. Um, so here's what's going to happen tonight. So I, I, I do play some like DFS little sports betting light, Mm -hmm. light. And you're also talking to a guy on Monday night football. Uh, I made $15 off of four. Mm -hmm. All right. So I know what I'm talking about. Right. Right. And the way that I make money off of one game slates is, you go contrarian. What's the thing that nobody thinks is going to happen? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to build a team around the idea. And what feels like more times than not, that is what happens. Mm-hmm. So tonight, I look at the slate. The Eagles are going up against Houston. Mm-hmm. Cooks is out. Both Nico, and Nico Collins is, is out. Yeah, Nico who's Nico's not even out. like, who's already like a third stringer. Right. <laughs> and I go to my contrarian brain. I say, okay, brain. Let's let's enact that. What's the thing that isn't going to happen? Let's bet that. Uh-huh. And it it gave me nothing. It completely shut down because it was like there is no contrarian play tonight. Yeah. What's going to happen is Hertz is going to go out, run the score up in the first half, dominate. Houston is going to run with Pierce, maybe forty times today. Yeah. And get off the field as quickly as possible. So the only question is. Ken Pierce with enormous volume tonight dig deep inside of him to find any sense of like purpose mm-hmm. with a team and coaching staff that are probably like who cares right right now one of the worst offenses in the NFL exactly right now in the locker room the the coach is probably 
playing out a Tim Robinson sketch in there. We're mm-hmm. just like, who cares? I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. So I like Pierce, though. Mm-hmm. I think Pierce is very talented. He's young. Mm-hmm. I think that that will be the fuel for him to like muster up the courage to go out there. I think if he was like a veteran, I I wouldn't. Like, <laughs> I think he he'd would be too jaded. He'd be too jaded. <laughs> he'd like I'm not sacrificing my body right. for this. Yeah, when no one else is giving anything. Right. So I would say, yeah, yeah. Pierce is going to go out there and try and make a name for himself. He's going to take the uh, take the opportunities and run with them. Mm-hmm. So I I wouldn't feel bad playing Pierce, and I think that he would want to stay in the game even in a blowout. Mm-hmm. So I think even if the Eagles start to like sit there, people, I think you would see Pierce on the sideline, like just being like, let me, let me go. Let me run. Like, I don't think that he's a guy who'd take himself out. Okay. I'm putting who's Pierce your, back in my lineup. Who's your there. bench? I would be playing. Here's the other thing. I would be playing uh, Donta Foreman instead of, Pierce. Ooh, who who's Carolina playing? Cincinnati. And here's the other thing. My other running back, Eckler, just popped up on the injury report. I'd go with Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals. Right. The Eagles defense is better than the Bengals. Right. Like, they apparently have like a soft run defense, but I'm not buying it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pierce is going to get all time high touches. The only yeah, I negative mean, they have no one else is that his body breaks down tonight. He just, which you called it. I completely agree. We are going to watch someone die on. on the <laughs> yeah. It will. Oh, happen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is. People are too big and they, they're, they're, the human body is not meant to move as fast and quick and right. be as big as NFL bodies have become. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to like put that much human flesh out on the that field and not have someone just like gonna fall on someone's head and just pop it right off. Yeah, exactly. Just crack their neck. Yeah. That's it, you know? Uh okay. All right, so um, White Lotus, White Lotus, season two. Now, is this going to be like we're doing White Lotus every week, like we did Severance? I would like to. Okay. What else do we have going on? Nothing. By the way, five December's the book. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I can't recommend five December's highly enough it's awesome okay i have it downloaded it's great and it does something too that barbarian does where and this is something i tried to say when we talked about barbarian and i blew it which by the way barbarian on hbo now mm-hmm. how dare you it is not afraid to take a formula and twist it and doesn't mm-hmm. need to sometimes you over rotate and you end up with something that is like a try hard. They tried way too hard mm-hmm. to, you know, flip the formula. 
Um, but just, I'm going to play with it. I'm going to have fun with it. You know what I mean? I'm going to include things that, uh, that, that people wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. And five December's does that too. It's, it's so good. Okay. Uh, white Lotus season two. Now, I noticed in our outline here, you said you were going to uh-huh. uh, just run through every character and give them, a, I guess, a brief rundown or whatever. It looks like you got exactly one character into that and then stopped. <laughs> oh, no, there's more. But here's this. First off, busy day, but let's go back to the text. Sure. Shall we? Oh, that's the bathroom picture I sent you of the guy who used napkins. For the toilet covering. Um, Justin, putting effort in the podcast tonight, mm-hmm. doing out a Google form. Um, <laughs> figured we could go character by character on White Lotus instead of just looking at the plot. Okay. Uh, adding stuff to the Google Doc. <laughs> okay. Lowercase, two letters. (laughs) Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And then I say... Okie dokie. I say, not even caps on that, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Just lowercase. You said, that's how much... Yep. Effort. You didn't even spell (laughs) effort correctly. You misspelled effort. Uh Uh-huh. I'm putting it. So, yeah, what am I supposed to do in the face of that... uh, Hamburger. <laughs> in, in that hamburger. Well, listen, what I'll say is this. Ever since I broke my arm, my typing is gotten a little sloppy, and I don't care to fix it anymore. I fix it when I'm sending out and uh, and I fix it on my tickets. Okay. I don't even fix it in the work slack. I'm not bringing you to task about your spelling here. I just want to make it clear that when you look at the Google Doc and you don't see all the character <laughs> descriptions filled out, know them also battling against somebody uh-huh. who goes, basically, hey, Justin, I'm doing this thing. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's what I'm dealing with. Damn, so, son. So, yeah, and I did more than just one. Okay. okay. It looks like you did... A paragraph for one and then one sentence for another. Well, why don't we, why don't we work through the characters and <laughs> okay. we'll see how much effort I did put in. All right. Well, we are going to have another uh, Bobo Cramps-esque maybe rough start to this because I didn't watch it with the intention of going, like doing in-depth, da-da-da-da-da, taking notes, all that stuff. Good thing you got me on here. Yeah. To walk you through it. But I will do that for the next one. Okay, so starting off, just want to say everything that came before this, forget it. All right? Mm -hmm. Real podcast starts now. Okay. This is everything. Your definitive source for all things White Lotus. The (laughs) N-word. Damn it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. What a stupid message. If you're looking for a thorough... Hamburger. No mistakes... 110 effort, you're in the right place. Yeah. But he's gay. (laughs) 
Yeah. Just going through them all, huh? <laughs> right down the list. I have one that I brought in that I did not edit, and I don't have a title for it, and I have no idea what it is. And I've Let's been go. wanting to click on it, Let's but go. I don't want to. Let's do it. All right. This may get bleeped out. I don't know what it is. Beat an elderly woman over the head with... <laughs> did you stop that? No, that's just the that's thing. Like- Beat an elderly woman over the head with... That was like some kind of clip you sent me. Or he's talking about something, and I was trying to pull something out of it, and I think I could try and pull out beat an elderly woman. Beat an elderly woman. Beat. It's the beat that he does. He kind of yeah. holds that a little bit. Um, okay, yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. This is it. The definitive, forget every other podcast. Right. Official. This is official. Yeah. We're ready to be picked up by HBO. We're getting paid to do this, We're so you need to keep hold us to task if we if we don't live up to it. If we mispronounce one <laughs> name, one location, you know, take us to task. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's the good word for it. Okay. You can email us at. Uh, it's in the sh- notes. Email. Yeah. Go look at the notes. Email. Go go look at the notes. Okay. That being said, White Lotus. White Lotus Season 2. Season 2, Episode 1. Number 1, what did you think of White Lotus Season 1? We talked about it on here, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Why, the first season was great, I thought. Um, very, very good. The thing I was trying to figure out after watching the first one, because the first one kind of, or I'm sorry, the sec, the second one sets itself up to be a little bit of a mystery, almost um, resort-esque, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. the resort kind of starts, you know, it's more or less the same, pre- same premise. You're at a resort and somebody dies. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's how the second season starts. But I was trying to remember the first season does not have like a central, it's, it's more of a like Altman-esque, just here's a bunch of characters and you're just watching their stories and they kind of intertwine, but there wasn't like a central. It teases a death. Death was there. But the thing about it is it quickly makes you forget that anyone's going to die. Yeah. Like it does start. Yeah, that's right. Because. That's right, because it starts with the newlywed mm-hmm. couple at the airport, and they're talking about some death. So who dies in the first the, one? The manager of the, the manager. hotel. Hmm. He gets stabbed after taking a dump in a in a, the newlywed's bag. Mm-hmm. That's right. That you get to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess it does follow that same kind of formula then. Do you ever wonder, like, if I was an actor... I think I would do that. I don't think I'd have a problem. But I would absolutely... Taking a dump in a suitcase? In a suitcase on camera. Uh-huh. I would, though, constantly be thinking about think my family. Do you think that was a real dump? No. But, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, you're being portrayed, right? And do I, you think the actor was like, no, 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 I'll, I can do it. No, I'm ready, right? They're like, no, 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 we've got props. Yeah. We can't actually... Film, no. film that. And the guy's like, oh, no, no, no. I've, I've like, I ate a, I ate all this food and. Wait till you see this thing I've been cooking up. <laughs> it is the right consistency. <laughs> Can you imagine if he demanded to be like, <laughs> like real and it was just like a shark? Like it was <laughs> <so> disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just explodes. <laughs> just splatters everywhere. They're like we can't, <laughs> we can't use that. <laughs> Bring in the prop. <laughs> <laughs> he gave his best yeah. shot. <laughs> All right, we've got to shut down the set no. for a couple hours. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the director's just like, "Why did I let? Why did I even try?" <laughs> I knew what would happen. Yeah. Um, no, but no, I, I, I just think in moments like that, I'm like, how do you get out of your own head to be thinking like, my family is <laughs> right. going to watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that to me is something I can't imagine pushing down to the point where uh-huh. you're like, let's go. That's what makes them pros. Exactly. So I agree with you. I, I really like, Season one, it it is one of those shows for me that it's not like critic proof. I'm not out here saying it's the best show ever. I love Severance even more than that, right? Mm-hmm. I've watched all of Succession. I think Succession is a better show than White Lotus. But I really loved White Lotus. And when I hear people, like critics especially, like dismiss it, it does sit in the back where I'm like, what do you guys want? Uh-huh. Right? Like in terms of like at least original storytelling, it's not based on anything. It's super well written. It has right. some high like marks of like humor, you know, and and I think the mystery resolves well. Mm-hmm. It's super well acted. I don't think anybody argued against the acting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I hear people be like, there, there's some podcasts I listen to. When I hear people cover shows like this and like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to stick around. I'm like, relax, okay? I don't yeah. know what you're holding out for. You know what I mean? But White Lotus is is always, to me, going to feel like an oasis, right? In the sea of just content being shoved at me. I, I'll take White Lotus any day. Mm-hmm. Which I also want to maybe jump to a later point, but I want to say up front, this show and this episode to me speaks to that David Simon point of you can't judge a season by a first episode. In in some shows, you need to let the season wrap up before you have an opinion. You know? Yeah. White Lotus, right. Season two, we haven't even been introduced to all the characters yet. You know, mm-hmm. and so when I like hear people talk or read some people like, yeah, the first episode was whatever. I don't know if I'm going to stick around. I'm like, you haven't even seen everybody yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first episode for me was kind of exactly what I expected it to be, which I guess can be a good or bad thing. But I, I didn't have like some grand expectations for it. And I think what what I expect, Mike White is like, um. I think what the first season was and what this season is shaping out to be and the after the first episode is like it he's just very good at writing these like just like little slice of life uh insights, right? Like just like um like some of the stuff the father is going through in the first season is something that as a father maybe a little bit younger than that guy, like is stuff that I can relate to. And it's just kind of interesting to see that play out. And again, it's kind of interesting to 
to have that, I guess, connection, but like to have that kind of that revelation of like, oh yeah, I'm not the only person mm-hmm. experiencing this. This yeah. famous Hollywood guy who writes stuff knows exactly what I'm going through. You know what I mean? Because he's also gone through it. And obviously that's going to be limited based on who you are. But that's kind of what I was expecting, and that seemed to be more or less what the first episode was. There was a lot of that. Um, I was trying to look up what Mike Whitehead has written because for some reason I feel like... School of Rock. He wrote a lot of stuff, but it's not much. Yeah, School of Rock. Did he do In Treatment or no? He did the other Mm -hmm. therapy show. He did a a bunch of Freaks and Geeks episodes. Um, He was on Survivor twice. He was on Survivor. Here's the thing and that I just... Looking at his IMDb now, and this just popped up. The other day, because I was telling you my Plex playlist got deleted, so I was just scrolling through a bunch of things to see what I could remember and put on the list, and I came across the Mike White written movie starring Jennifer Aniston, The Good Girl. Did we watch that movie? Yeah. And it's good, right? I remember liking it. Yeah. yeah. Vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah. I don't know. That's. Huh. The good girl. Uh, yeah. I went. I remember the title and I remember being like su- surprised that it was better than I thought it was going to be. Welcome That's to all I remember about it. <laughs> everything where we review movies that we watch <laughs> and barely remember. Yeah. One by one. Um. So, yeah, I liked the first episode exactly what I was expecting out of it, more or less. Yeah. And I, speaking of Survivor, mm-hmm. Survivor cameo. In the, the beginning. The two women yeah. that she's talking to on the beach. Did you recognize them? I had no idea. I don't. I guess I don't pay that close of attention yeah, to Yeah, how'd them. you know they were on Survivor then? Um, I saw it somewhere. Oh. I mean, I know I brought up before when we were talking a few days ago or something that i read somewhere that i think it must have just been on reddit because i do follow the survivor subreddit that's probably where i saw it Mm. um but it was like yeah mike white working on season two of white lotus is making sure to get like survivor cameos in every episode (laughs) every episode yes yeah which sounds terrible Right, but then I watched the whole first episode, and I had no idea that exactly. those people were from Survivor. Know. So it's like, yeah, you're not even going to notice. Right? Yeah, I mean, especially because they cast Survivor with people who are like failed actors. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, yeah, <laughs> they they know how to be on camera. Yeah. So, first episode, yeah. So instead of going plot by plot, all that stuff, I figured we would go character by character. Yeah, and the characters kind of are the plot. You know, there is the 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 larger murder, death, Mystery. whatever. And I don't think they even really get into it in the first episode, no, right? It, it starts off with the dead body or whatever, but then you, you know just... There's a few. Yeah. So, yeah. And, I mean, like, that to me is the way to do it. You're either going to do make a show, like, only murders in the building mm-hmm. and just have it be about that, or you're going to do, a, like, White Lotus, where you introduce it and then probably three episodes in... Just like in season one, you're going to forget that this is really a mystery show. Mm -hmm. Because the mystery isn't the point. Yeah. Burt DeGrasso. Okay. Played by F. Murray Abraham. Mm -hmm. Here's what I wrote about him. I was going to do a little like, 
character breakdown mm-hmm. um, for each of them, like my impressions of them. Mm-hmm. That got too much. So I just jumped straight <laughs> to some questions. Yeah. Does age impact flirting? Yeah, I mean, this was also something we were talking about the other day. Is, like, being horny at that age, and I don't even mean in the literal sense, right? I mean, even figuratively, talking about flirting. It's just not something I understand. Talking about women. So you're more like um, Albie, who's like, he doesn't even understand people having sex. What he says on the show after 50. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and I guess I just mean in like in the desire sense, because I just can't imagine after a certain age just being like, all right, I'm, I'm, I've got other stuff to think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, and I guess his character is, is, did you get the impression that he is being more, um, like it's just kind of like an old man being ornery or whatever? Or do you think there is something like a little sinister to it? So that that was kind of my my question, yeah. right? Um, I'm trying to spell something while I'm also trying to keep talking because what you said made me think about um, The Counselor by... Uh-huh. Ridley Scott. And there's and Cormac scene, McCarthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where I think it's Cameron Diaz is like dancing on a car mm-hmm. and she starts like humping it mm-hmm. and like on the windshield and Javier Bardem is in the car like watching it. And I believe it's him. He says after that that it was too gynecological to be sexy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel it's kind of like what you're saying. Like at some point you get old enough where you're like, yeah, I know how the body works. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's not a lot of mystery to this. Yeah. It's too gynecological. Like I remember as a kid being like, what, what it was a little like, you know? And then yeah, you get older and you're like, okay. Anyway, is it sinister? So, I was thinking about there's someone in my family that when they got older, I remember them saying like, oh, I'm glad I'm X age because then I get to call everyone hun. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, looking back on that too, I'm like, yeah, that's creepy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's not endearing. Right. It's not endearing at any age to be like, hey, sweetie, hey, hon. Right. Um, or maybe, maybe it's the person. I will say, to me, the problem with Bert, Bert doing it, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with Bert doing it is then he does talk about being virile yeah. in at dinner. And so in his mind, he is connecting sex as a as a possibility in what he's doing. Right. Yeah. He is not doing it out of and he's not just having fun. He's not having fun. It's not how he was raised. Yeah. Oh, we call everyone sweet. No, no, he is fishing he's mm-hmm. looking he's he's horny on maine he's horny on maine you can't be horny on maine period and you can't be horny on maine that old right when you're 80 so i to answer my i answered my own question after that where i was like 
Yeah, I think it's always inappropriate. And it's further inappropriate when that person has an outstated sexual identity. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have one, but it's not okay to thrust that identity on mm-hmm. wait staff, especially, you yeah. know, or like a hotel worker. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, was the farting intentional? Was he embarrassed by it? Was is it sign of a medical condition? <laughs> so intentional, as you mean, is like he's choosing to fart. Yeah, in the moment he farts. Right, and and specifically, my my thought was after he farted the first time in the room, I immediately looked at his face for any recognition <laughs> that he, he was farted? embarrassed, <laughs> or oh. is he like clearly just like trying to play it off because he, yeah, because he is embarrassed, or is that like again part of his flirt tactic where he's like. I'm a gross, stinky old man. Do you like that? Yeah. You know? Um, I I don't remember them specifically enough. Either time? Comment. Like, he farts multiple Like, three times. or four times. Yeah, for sure. I remember him farting, but I just don't remember the context explicitly enough to... To make a to formulate a theory on it now. The first time he did, he was in the middle of flirting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it was part of his tactic. So yeah, I'm guessing it would be unintentional. Unintentional. Then. But he's so he just doesn't care. Yeah. Well, I also like the fact now I've talked myself into it. I like the idea of writing a character that farts a lot, but that secretly is telling you that they have a very um, advanced <laughs> medical condition. Yeah. And they are terminal. Yeah. But you don't ever reference the disease. They're just constantly farting. And then later in the season, they just die. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had colon cancer. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that we're in agreement. Bert is a creep. Yeah. Not um, endearing. Not endearing, and it kind of plays into his son, Dominic, mm-hmm. who tries to get on him about his inappropriate behavior. Right. And Bert's defense is, I keep getting older, but my taste in women stays the same age. Yeah. He's like, you would understand that too, right? Mm-hmm. So clearly, Dominic is cut from the same cloth. Yeah, I guess... What the difference is that Dominic seems to be, I guess you've got like varying degrees of in, in the family, right? Whereas the father is like unapolog- unapologetically horny, right? And then Dominic is like uh, knowingly horny. He's where it's like he knows like, it's wrong, but mm-hmm. he still acts on it. It and, goes back to our previous conversation where it's like, yeah, you know your behavior is bad, but it is right. in some ways compulsive. Right. Or something that you can't just deny or shake. Yeah. And the son is knows oh. it's bad and also doesn't. Is kind of ashamed. Yeah. His and, own and doesn't act maybe. on it. Um, well, at least so far. Yeah. And Dominic makes me think, too, of like Leo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Right, he broke up with his girlfriend like as soon as she turned 26, 25. 25. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, wait a minute, there's the weird pattern emerging. It's like six people who <laughs> yeah. turn 25 and he just breaks up with them yeah. immediately. 
Yeah. And again, it feels like at some point, are you not Leo DiCaprio, like sitting in your mansion being like, man, I am, something's wrong with me. Like, <laughs> I, just, I can't, I can't be a creep like that. Like, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting old enough where it's going to be more of a problem than right. it already is. Yeah. Like now it's a joke, but soon he's going to be like a Woody Allen. Yeah. You know, predator. Right. Um, but he also doesn't seem to be like apology. Like it doesn't seem to bother him. Yeah. Um, Great scene when he was on the phone with his ex-wife. Awesome scene. Amazing. And you're just, it's just like slow zoom on his face, and he just does a great job with it. Very funny. Uh, and I'm assuming the takeaway from that is he is divorced. from Or getting divorced. Or getting divorced, and it's because he cheated. Oh, yeah. You yeah. definitely get the feeling like he cheated, and you definitely get... The, you know, feeling that he knows it. That he knows what he did. He's not even about contextualizing himself, defending himself. He well, just, uh, but again, it, it almost feels like he's like refusing. He kind of refuses to acknowledge it. And that's what sets his ex-wife off. Is like he seems to still be kind of having trying to have just like a normal conversation, trying to just call and, and talk. You get the impression that he's probably never like owned up to doing what he's done, or to at least acknowledging it, like how bad it was or how much it maybe ruined the family, because she can't even like have a normal conversation him. with him. Right, right. <laughs> She's just going to start screaming, which, yeah, is and and that's the thing where. You're, you're like, it's, it's, I, I get it that, and you kind of see it in the end when he's with the, um, prostitute, prostitute, Mia or Isabella. He's with, I think it was Mia. Mm -hmm. Again, if we got that wrong, I'm waiting for the hundred emails cause we are the official <laughs> podcast for white Lotus. Um, where he he does seem to be just kind of a defeated person. He either knows that he can't change or he's not willing to do the work that it would take to change. Because the thing that yeah. I've realized in my life is that the the right thing, they don't tell you this, is rarely the easy thing. And is hardly ever the fun thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just something that you constantly have to be working towards. It's not something that you get to just like naturally fall into, you know, being a good person or making good decisions. It's like, mm -hmm. it's active, hard work, you know? It is Mia, FYI. Of course. I knew that. That's why I said it. Mm -hmm. And Albie, the his son, mm -hmm. sees Portia crying at the pool, mm -hmm. talking to her mom friend. Her mom was my assumption, and Portia. Uh oh, wait a minute. Haley Lou Richardson, great actress. Yeah. 
is not correct. Her name's Lucia. <laughs> Mia is her friend. Who's Isabella? Isabella is... Isabella is... Who is this woman? Oh, she's the... Um, she works at the resort. Okay. She's like the main lady that works at the resort. No, that's Valentina. I'm looking at it right here. Isabella. Who's Valentina then? Valentina is... Valentina... Oh, boy. You know what? Oh, actually, I'm not going to say that. What a tangled web we've weaved. Yes, that is... Yes, that is Valentina. So who is this woman? Isabella. Maybe we didn't meet one of these people yet. There are people in the cast that we have not met. Yeah, Tom I don't Hollander. know. Maybe Isabella is her friend then? Right, that's what I thought. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, Portia is the... Jennifer assistant. Coolidge's assistant. Jennifer Coolidge, who was in the first season. Yeah. Um, Tanya McQuad. Mm -hmm. Would you ever talk to a crying stranger? Hmm. Probably not. I mean, in theory, yeah, sure, why not? In practice, no way. I, I do everything I can to not talk to people in public. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can't imagine I would actually say something. But I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I, I guess what I would say is I would, I would want to be the person to make someone to, cry. To, right. <laughs> to, <laughs> to just be able to lean over, say a couple words, and see someone break down. Right. <laughs> no, I I'd want to be the person that would be able to like lean over and be like, "Yeah, what's you know what's going on?" Just like, yeah, try and help out in some way. But I, th there's no way I ever actually would. Would you offer tissues or anything? No, I. I mean, I'm not gonna have tissues on me. No, like, what if they were within reach? Would you ever just like, like, yeah, maybe. Just say like, you look really bad when you cry. <laughs> And I noticed um, you were sobbing. Here's some tissues. Um, I would, thank you for asking. I would, you know, I've had people like crying in my office. Right. That's, I think that has helped me navigate that to be able to be like, you know what? Yeah. If someone's hurting, it's okay as a human just to be like, you okay? Everything okay? Right. Yeah. And they're either going to be like, they're crying. Here's the other thing. They have no power in this situation, <laughs> right? Like, right. there is no fear of them, like, making you look foolish. Right. They can they're only, the idiots that are crying. <laughs> they can only look at you and either, like, ask for help, which in that case, yeah, I'll help you. Or be like, no, I'm okay. Right. Be like, okay. See ya. Yeah. Reaching out is a win-win situation for you. There's no way you lose in that situation yeah. because either, either way you're the good guy for reaching out and the worst that can happen is they're just like, you know, no thanks. I always think about that story. I don't think I've ever told it well, 
where it conveys what I saw, but the old man on the Vespa who just like hopped the curb and went into a ditch. Mm-hmm. And when I went and approached him, he yelled at me. <laughs> right. I always think about that, where it's like, you know, that's the worst thing that could happen, but like that was an experience that I will remember for the rest of my life. Like getting yelled at this guy, this old man on a Vespa, just like boop, boop, <laughs> hop and just go straight into a forest. Um. So yeah, Albie is going to maybe get with Portia. Mm-hmm. He helps his... No, 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 mm-hmm. uh, F. Murray Abraham, who fell and popped right. his head. Falls down some stairs. The other thing that I always think about, like when that happened and Albie's like, hey, he fell and bumped his head. He should probably stay with somebody tonight. He could have a concussion. Yeah. I'm always like, I would never do that. Like. <laughs> If it's the if he got through the whole day and he's okay, he yeah. doesn't have a concussion. I yeah. would never invite him to sleep in my room or try and be like, someone should stay with him. I'd be like, he's fine. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like, then they're just gonna die in your room while you're sleeping. Like, I'm not staying up all night. You know what I mean? Either you're concerned, get him to a hospital, or he's okay. Keep him in his own room. Also, I guess I don't know how that works. I don't imagine if somebody dies in their sleep from a concussion, you know, until you realize that they never wake up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't imagine there's one where they're like, <laughs> right? Or they're just like, oh, I'm dying. Yeah, My concussion. In, in their sleep, they're like, I'm dying. It's happening. Right. You have four seconds to wake me up. Yeah. Houston scored. Well, there we go. Anyway, um, man, the one time that I don't play contrarian because my contrarian brain wouldn't have worked, mm-hmm. uh, they score. So, anyway, um, yeah, he's fine. I wouldn't worry about him. Yeah, what are you going to do? All right, Portia. And, okay, so and we, we might as well talk about... Portia and Isabella. Or is it Portia? Oh, no. Portia. Sorry. Portia. Portia. We might as well talk about Tanya and John. Right. John Grease. John Grease, who Tanya's is. Husband. is he Speaking not even... of a dirty old man. Oh, Greg. His name is Greg. In the show? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wrote down the actor's name? Yes. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no, yes. The character's name is Greg. His name is John. The guy from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yes. His name's John Grease. Yes. His character's name is Greg. Um, what do you think of his butt? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was really funny, too. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was super funny. And the um, <laughs> when they're cutting back. Yeah, there's something going on with the... Um, the statues or the like the head, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Because when they're cutting back and forth between that and the, and um, Tanya's looking at the, the bust or whatever you want to call it was really funny. And then it doesn't all be have a scene like that or. Yeah. Well, no, the, um, the, the young, it's the young couple. Too. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Oh yeah. The husband, right. The, the, um, 
Is he Asian husband? <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? Well, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Ethan Spiller. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking at it. Um. So, anyways, yeah, back to Tanya and Greg, right? So she shows up with her assistant, Portia, and he wants her gone. He's been ignoring. Oh hi. Yeah. Tanya's calls and emails. Because he wants it to just be them. Mm-hmm. So here's my, I'm not playing detective on this show. Here's my one detective take. Okay. He wants to kill her. He doesn't want Portia there because. Oh, okay. Not because he wanted them to have a romantic right. getaway. He wants her money. He wants her money. Because in this episode, they also say that she has like half a billion dollars right well that was established in the last, in season, the last season right because the masseuse was she yeah. was working with the masseuse that and makes her even worse she can't just give the masseuse right and she was like right because she was trying to give her she was going to give her money to start her own business or whatever and that's when I think it's like maybe halfway or uh, three quarters of the way through that first season where you realize, oh, this dopey character is not just a dope. She's mm-hmm. got like a ton of money. Right. She's some kind of business person. So this could be uh, a reversal where Greg, trying to kill Tanya, ends up killing himself. Mm. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that she dies. Well, he's also made a pretty significant turn from the first season i I don't he was pretending to be like sick well yeah but also he was nice right right i don't remember i guess i kind of am vaguely remembering him getting like maybe short towards the end of the season but he's just undercurrent yeah he's Mm -hmm. just like a straight up dick in this episode yeah he's he's like actively hostile against her yeah and he has that moment where he's like having a sneaky conversation in the bathroom bathroom, getting upset at her yeah i can see that but he's so adamant against getting portia like on a plane where i'm like if you're that rich why wouldn't you say like then she gets a holiday yeah well yeah and she's there she's there already so there's she's got some sort of accommodations right why wouldn't tanya just say like okay let her stay in the room then she doesn't have to see us yeah you know, the end. But he is adamant that he wants her gone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their attention is about her showing up the same places, which... Bye-bye. I don't bye, know bye. Tanya's life, but I kind of feel like for Portia, I'm like, yeah, what's going to happen if you're not there for this batty old woman? Go mm-hmm. do your thing. Mm-hmm. Go off site. Who cares? Like, yeah, I, I don't know why why she would feel like she needs to stick around. Um. So... Next, Mia and Isabella. So that, those are the... I thought those were the... Prostitutes. Well, one's a prostitute, one's not. One's her friend. Right. So Mia is the prostitute. That's what I thought. That was my take. See, this is what's confusing me, is... I'm looking at the IMDb. The picture for Lucia is straight up a character, a picture of the prostitute character. But when I click on her name, yeah, this has got to be the, Lucia's got to be the prostitute. 
Okay. It only has pictures of her. So the the thing that I heard somebody talking about this, I can't remember. They're talking about this plot line and how like the view on sex work is kind of like conservative. Mm-hmm. And I I think my take on this whole takeaway isn't judging them for sex work um, and not judging um, Dominic for accessing sex work. I feel like this show is saying you can still evaluate the the reason for why people do sex work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's still a valid consideration. So you have a friend who's trying to do sex work to help pay her bills and all that stuff, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then she's pushing it on her friend. Right. And being like, let's do a threesome. We can make a lot of money. Yeah. She's getting her dressed up like um, a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Her friend says so and gets upset at her. Yeah, me as the friend, Lucia's the prostitute. Yeah, I never got the impression that there was any sort of moral um, direction on being a prostitute, which I think is great. It's just treated as this is just what her job is. I don't know what what they were picking up on. I didn't get that sense. Yeah. And then for him, the guy accessing the, the, the sex work, he is... Clearly, his actions have hurt another person, mm-hmm. potentially hurt his family. So, again, it's not the fact that he's accessing sex work. It's why is he? Mm-hmm. Is he hiding it? Is he mistreating people through it? Then that that becomes a problem. Yeah. Right? So, anyway, um, the other thing that I, that I didn't really get is when she throws the drink on the singer, the friend. Friend throws the drink on the, the singer. singer when the singer's like, "Oh, lunch. because he he because he's clearly just there to proposition her." But my other thing is like, your friend is a sex worker and made you look like one. Yeah, it's not like he didn't come up and just throw money in her face. <laughs> oh, he like, sure. They had a little chat and he took a shot, and I just felt like misunderstanding, ma'am. Yeah, pardon me. And then also the fact, like, I always think about, th- this is also one problem I had with Last Night in Soho with Edgar Wright, the Edgar Wright movie, mm-hmm. is he made, so that movie is about a young woman who wants to become a, uh, who wants to get involved with fashion, wants to be a fashion designer. And she gets into this prestigious school to do fashion design, but her character is so naive, like super naive to the point where you're like, I I just, the the character's not compelling because of how naive they are. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know that someone would be so naive or like an early 20-year-old person to go into a a hotel lobby and hear like a piano crooner and be like, doesn't she literally say like, you're living my dream? 
Mm-hmm. And don't you feel like, I don't know anybody who's walked into a hotel, seen somebody playing a piano and go, if only. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably a little, uh, it's the one, may, I guess maybe the one setup that's a little short, a little short-handed. Yeah. It's a little thin. A little to the point. Right, yeah. right. Like, oh man, if I could play in the lobby of a hotel, I'm telling you, that is it. Yeah. No, that's not it. No one has said that. Okay. Yeah, I can, I, 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 I can get, I can get there. Uh, Isabella. Isabella is the woman, the hotel worker. <laughs> yes. Isabella is the hotel worker that Bert is f- constantly flirting with. Ah, the one in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now that we got that all sorted out. Yes. And listen, I'm going to say it. A lot of these white women look oh. the same in the show. Okay. Uh, like Isabella and... I wish Siren. Isabella and Valentina... And Mia, like, let's talk about Valentina. I like, I have the cast list in front of me, and it's taken this long for me to figure out who all those characters are. Because, and names, I watch the show, their names all end in A. Maybe that's also Valentina another thing. Maybe there's a maybe there's Isabella. a point to that, anyways. Yeah, Isabel is not the biggest, doesn't have the biggest uh role in the first episode. No. She's just kind of there as a foil so you can see how creepy the grandfather is. At least she's named. What about, oh, Valentina. Quick thoughts on Valentina. Valentina. So Valentina is the hotel manager. Yes. And I guess she's being set up as being uh, wound too tightly. I guess maybe a little bit like the manager from the first season, except I didn't... um, the that's she's not funny oh i see i think they did a good job of distinguishing her because the manager from the first season he was phenomenal like he was great yeah he was a reason to watch the show Mm -hmm. he was was that good she is differentiated enough but i like how she speaks her mind yeah where she had a blurt out like you should have flown through berlin yeah well i wish we would have known that before and she's like you really should have like she goes back to it yeah and you're like oh yeah we'll we'll call you when you get your when when we get your bags if you believe in miracles that's another good line from Mm -hmm. her so yeah she's yeah i liked uh she had a moment where she was throwing the prostitutes out and i remember liking that can't remember what she said but i do remember liking that yeah i thought she was um i think that she's great i'm i'm excited again i think they've distinguished her i'm excited to see if they add something else to her mm-hmm. but i'm i'm on board um it, it also makes me feel like being a manager of a hotel i can't imagine how stressful that that probably is mm-hmm. having said that there are moments where you see a portrayed where she's like at the hotel at 8 30 talking to another like front desk person or something and like in this show there's a scene where she's doing that like late at night where she watches the sex worker walk by her or something like, Mm -hmm. but but it's clearly like later at night and she's talking to him about like the towels or something like that. I'm like, no manager would 
stay till 8 30 just right. to be like and we really need to keep this lobby clean yeah you know, you know what i mean it's like no you go home by then yeah ethan spiller and harper so the, yeah then we have we have ethan harper who are the the married couple but which which one of the married couple are they the smart married couple or the dumb married they're the couple? smart the Spillers are the smart. Yes, they are the smart. So that's Aubrey Plaza and Will Sharp, the guy who I mistakenly said was Asian. Mistakenly? What was he? Or what is he? Um, I don't know because this he was born you get in for, London. This is what you get for boiling everything down to race, Justin. Uh, so yeah, them, and then they are, you pretty much the entire episode, they are shown in contrast to the dumb couple, Daphne and Cameron. And for me, I felt like that was the strongest part of the episode and probably what, what I have the most direct connection connection with because you have this one couple who is very like i guess cerebral and smart and inside their head and judgmental and kind of um buzz kills i guess you would say mm -hmm. right and then you have the other couple who is at first played to be very shallow and just like bad people which i don't think there necessarily aren't those things but as the episode goes along you're you're kind of you get a, a more you get a, a broader impression of them where uh i guess what the i guess the contrast is that they uh are able to actually have fun in their relationship <laughs> right? right they can have fun with each other they may be big dummies they may be shallow people, but they're they can have fun and they're laughing and getting along with each other. Yeah, it, it, it again I think is is a good blend. I think Mike White is good at this at like sending up the right aspects of the types of people that he writes about. Right, where you know you listen to Harper, like you can both be ping ponged between Harper and Daphne, mm -hmm. right. Or even Ethan and what's the guy's name? Cameron. Cameron. Mm -hmm. Where you hear Ethan and Harper talk about TV shows they watch or like documentaries, and you're like, mm -hmm. blah blah. Okay. Right. And Snooze. then I, I really like that that line though, where they're talking about it, and then there's that awkward pause, and Daphne just goes, "I love a binge." Like, <laughs> yeah. So do I. Um, so yeah, I think that they do a good send up of, of, it makes me feel, and, and I know the answer to this, but when you're watching Ethan and Harper, mm -hmm. were there parts where you're like, I would totally bail on this relationship if I was in this or watching where you're like, I can see why they would just keep sticking it out. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I definitely get. I didn't get the bail, the bailing impression yet. I definitely feel like that's where it's going. Um, but yeah, I think what makes it so 
but in real life, you you wouldn't like if you were in that relationship at, at any point. Like if you were in that sequence of events, would you be like, you know what, Harper, I'm not doing this. Let's just call it. Yeah, Let's just call it. Like they're bickering on the on the boat. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, that's fine. She refuses the prosecco. Doesn't want to engage. Then they're sitting by the pool, and she is clearly like not giving an inch. Yeah. Whether it's about her job. Yeah. Or about the entertainment they watch. Any moment where you like, I'm I'm feeling a tipping point for me. Or you like, no, I could see like, if I was there, I would still, I could see myself like trying to plug forward. Yeah. I mean, I think what makes it so compelling is that I have been there, right? In my current marriage, in other relationships. And I think what, uh, makes it so interesting for me and and the contrast between the two couples is that no couple is exclusively one of those things, right? Like the, the two couples represent, I think, aspects of what, uh, you know, an average marriage can look like mm-hmm. where you have times where you're both very judgmental and blah, 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 blah. Or at least that's how, that's how I'm relating to it. Because like I said, I can be a buzzkill. I can be a total fucking asshole to people and I can be judgmental and quiet and, and not budge and just have my mind set on having a bad time. Right. But I can also, but I also, right. I also have moments where I can just be a total idiot and goof around Mm -hmm. You know, so that to me is what makes the t- the dynamic between the two so interesting is that I, I feel like I've experienced both. Um, and, the, you know, that's not exclusive to me. You know, Julia can be that way, too. And so it's uh, that's why I liked it. Yeah, it's it's interesting looking at it from like inside a committed relationship and from outside a committed relationship. Right. Yeah. Where, you know, if I'm looking at it, it's it's like. I now define more of what I view by things that I do not want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there, there are aspects of that where you're looking at a committed relationship and it's like the point of the commitment is to see through those things. Exactly. Right. There are things there to push through for being outside of a committed relationship. It's like, I don't ever want to deal with that again. Exactly. I don't ever want to deal with that again. Yeah. If if it's like, hey, we're out with this group, and you're like, I'm not gonna do the cheers. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> right. Well, handshake. Yeah, exactly. Pat on the back. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great. I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, looking at it from be as being in a committed relationship, it's not something I'm going to end that relationship over, unless it is exclusively that thing, 100% of the time. You've reached. You know what I mean? You've both spiraled so much to where you can just never have fun with each other and your time exclusively is just being cold and refusing to have any sort of fun or make any sort of compromise to the other person's side. But, you know, as as long as there's like a, a push and pull on it, right? that's kind of what you're working, working towards. 
I thought it was filmed. It was filmed really, really well. Um, where you have uh, that scene where Harper and Ethan are in the bed, and mm-hmm. Ethan's typing on his computer, and you totally get this sense of like how annoying it would be to be in the bed with somebody who's like writing in an email or right. on their computer that late at night and the way he's like clicking at the keys. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. She's like trying to read. And I thought that was such a perfect little moment. And there's not really like an obvious eye roll from Harper. Mm-hmm. You just get the sense in the way that the scene plays out. Like, yeah, I could see how that could be annoying for Harper to just have to deal with this guy who's just like, yeah. he's always going to be quietly working in bed at night. And you're just like, that's annoying. Right. And that's kind of, I guess that's kind of what my question is. Because, like I said, I'm right there with you. Outside of the committed relationship, you would look at that and be like, that is a trait that I don't want in a partner. Like, period. Not like it's a bad day or whatever. Like, I don't want that reaction to be in the repertoire of the personality. Right? But... I don't know if that is that just a universal truth of millennial marriages. You know what I mean? Right. Is that just is that like the um the like jokey is that like the jo- I'm not sure how to say this. Is that like the jokey like uh, like spousal abuse of like 50s relationships. You know what I mean? Where it's like everybody married in the 50s and 60s and, what, and whatever. Blah, to blah, the blah. moon, Alice. Right. We'll have some sort of joke about slapping their wife or something. And it's meant completely lightheartedly and blah, 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 blah. Even though there, for some marriages, there's <laughs> a lot of truth to it. Right. You know what I mean? So for for our generation, is that sort of dynamic just like a universal truth? Because- Clearly, Mike White has experienced that to some mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that, not just in my marriage. I've experienced it in other relationships I've been in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the other side of that coin, too, is you could you could see how that could be like an endearing quality mm-hmm. when you're like dating somebody and you're like in bed and they're just typing away and you like get to drift off to sleep while they're like quietly working right. the computer. So committed, yeah. And then when you get married after like, Five years. Like, <laughs> it's like put down the stupid. He laptop. really does this every single. He night. really does this every yeah. single night. It's annoying. Um, so yeah, how those how those things that might be endearing can can also turn and and fester. And I think that that's normal. Like that's, for sure, yeah. That's what makes committed relationships hard. Is that all those little things are eventually going to become annoying because it happens with everything in our mm-hmm. lives. Things that we love drive us crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I think Ethan and Harper do a really good job of like walking that line of like, yeah, that's a deal breaker. And like, not yet. That's not a deal breaker yet. What do you feel about, I mean, the most damning thing that happened was Ethan's response to Harper telling him about, um, the friend, I forgot his name again, Cameron, Mm -hmm. about Cameron changing in front of her. Yeah, like how intentional was that? Number one, it was intentional, right? Cameron 
was basically either saying, I know you want to see this body. I'm going to show it to you. Or uh-huh. he was saying like, doors open. If you want this, I'm, I'm here. Right? Yeah. Or, do you, or, or is there a, a chance that he was literally like... I think there's a chance, yes. I do. Not. I would agree that my reading of the character is that it is intentional. But I think it was filmed in a way to make it somewhat ambiguous. To to make it in, in a way that like they could go back to that later in the season and have it be a completely innocent thing and you would be like, okay, yeah, I guess I can see that. Maybe if she like was doing her makeup and like turned the mirror a certain way and saw him, I would mm-hmm. be be like walks into But his back reflection. is also to the mirror. But his prosthetic penis is it's like a horse. Yeah. That was uh crazy. that character, I've never seen him in anything before. His voice James. Yes, is so much deeper than I expected it to be. His voice still to this after watching the entire first episode, his voice still does not match his appearance to me for some reason. Yeah, I didn't pick up on his voice. I feel like I've seen him in a few things, but not nothing like big, nothing that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, what do you take? Uh, what's your take on Daphne and Cameron? I mean, I guess you kind of said right that they're like able stuff, fun, kind of just dummies. Your right, your yeah. standard. Millennial. Yeah. I we think, don't read the news. We're exactly. Fine. I We're think that at the beginning of the episode, that that is played to lean on the worst aspects of that to, to make them appear completely vapid and uh, just meaningless people. And I think by the end of the episode, you're you're supposed to be questioning that. A little bit, or or it does. I think by the end of the episode, it does enough to make me doubt that somewhat, or to make me think, you know, there is going to be a little bit more to these people than to just be sort of a two D representation of 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 what this is. Which makes sense because you know the that's how you know Mike White seems to handle all of his characters. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really expect that. To be I, the one note. Right. Yeah, because none of the characters so far in either of the seasons have been just one note. Outside of, I guess, um, Jennifer Coolidge is a little bit like that, but, you know, she kind of comes out of that. And some of that, too, is also just that character that she plays and everything mm-hmm. she's she's in. Yeah. I. Um, it, it also plays to that idea that no one is as ambivalent about politics as they claim. Sure. You know, and it's a shield to say, oh, we don't follow politics so much. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, politics. It's like, I I wish you could live a life like that, but Mm -hmm. you, but you, you can't. Like, right, it's exactly. Impossible. Ambivalence itself is political. Right, right. Whether you know it or not or want to recognize it or not, you're being political by being ambivalent. And it's fake. Yeah. It's fake. Sure. Because there's something that I could say that would get every ambivalent right. political <laughs> yes. person frothing at the mouth. Right. Sure, exactly. Yeah, you could push them enough to get like a... A uh, uh, like a Steven Crowder opinion talking point to just pop out of their mouth. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know politics, but uh, 
But yeah, I mean, we need to arm our border guards for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? What'd you say? Um, yeah. So I think that's. Yeah. So that's episode one. There's more people we have yet to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the show. Um, and again, for the people who are watching this one episode being like, I don't think I'm going to stick with it. I'm just like, well, you haven't met everybody. And mm-hmm. what are you going back? What are you going to? <laughs> like, yeah. what other show are you? Yeah, I can't imagine spaces? being intrigued enough by what you know of the show before watching it to then <laughs> to watch, watch it and be like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Millennials on vacation? <laughs> yeah. Rich white people? No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the other thing, too, is, like, uh, going back to the the book, The Five Decembers, it, it also has come up in that. And then something else that I was watching where I finally got to watch and, like, read something that is that, – that really writes characters in a way that is not – I'm struggling on how to say this. So there's a way to write socially conscious characters – that draws attention to the fact that they are socially conscious and aware and that you are also socially conscious and aware of them. Mm-hmm. That can be grating. And then there are ways to write characters that can address those issues, but do it in a, in a way that is that is complicated, mm-hmm. where the characters themselves might not be PC or might not be people you can root for, but whose storylines or natural character bring up questions about, you know, social justice issues. Mm -hmm. And in this, I think it does a a good job of, you know, being about something without being grating or cloying. Um, And I'll be interested, like you said, how deep is he going to dig into tech bro, millennial, Mm -hmm stuff is it just the setup punchline or is he going to say something about those types of people that's a little deeper mm-hmm. or is this all just kind of like it's all set up now we just get to watch these rich people kind of fall apart yeah okay uh speaking of the resort quickly same setup uh-huh. right uh sort of disaffected millennial marriage mm-hmm. how does that because we didn't finish it. So how does they, I'm assuming they end up working out their differences. It's more of a love story. The, the resort is more of like a love story. Where they fall back in love with each other? Oh, no, not that couple. They don't. They fall out of love if, with each other. Listen, oh, we're not going to watch the first season. No, it's been a while, so I don't want to misspeak. Oh, okay. I'll need to think about it. All right. Um, it's been a long week at work. I can't remember how the resort ends with them. Yeah, I only remember yeah, yeah. the other couple. That's not what I thought it was. <laughs> that, that, that was a is like reaction. that was unexpected. That and is like a Japanese female reporter going down a water slide faster than she thought she was going to. <laughs> now that I'm prepared, can you do it one more time? So yeah, let me turn it down a little bit. Yeah, that was startling. 
Okie dokie. Yep. All right. So next week, we'll be back with the second episode. Heck yeah. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.